0: pretty awesome. I, I uh, really love all the uh, brothers and sisters here, but thank you, Shelby, thank you, Rob, thank you, Steve, just for already uh, convicting me and and uh, really, uh, you know, we could almost just go home right now, <laughs> praise Jesus and live a life that makes, you know, that, whew, boy, growing the church in Lebanon in the middle of a war. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amazing, you know, just shows how, how powerful God is. How it really is just incredible. We you know we've had a great couple of weeks. I think you know it was awesome to have Larry preach just two weeks ago on Easter about uh, becoming. Uh, to hear the nefs, you know, talk uh, at communion there last week. To hear Pat and uh, at communion and, and uh, Tom and Sydney uh, just really share about uh, what I can, what I, I what I want to do for everyone. I can do for one. I got that backwards, but what a powerful boiling down of the word of Jesus. I can do something good for one person who happens to be in front of me. You know, know, special missions for me is is a lot like that. You know, when I think about special missions, you know, I've been lucky, I guess, fortunate to have traveled around to other countries and visited mission churches. You know, I've been fortunate for the last seven years to be in a mission church. And, uh, you know, that's that's awesome. Challenging and awesome, all in the same breath, right? You know, and it's, uh, it's there's just more work to be done, right? There's right. more helping to be had. There's more things that we can do, you know. And I think the challenge for us is like Steve was alluding to, is that really can we take on that art that God has of being a cheerful giver? You know, really when you see the need in front of you. And, and I'll tell you, there's a need. We have a need here for special missions. And so giving uh, will really help. And it will really help, I think, first, it helps my heart to give. Independent, you know. That's right. I've been in a place where I go, okay, but I'm still giving because God called me to give. And then second, there's a need. So that would be great to be able to meet that. And God God really can help us in the midst of that. Today, was <clears throat> oh, go ahead. I was supposed to be blank there. I was raised and my 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 first title I'll get the second title in a minute but my first title is Living the Dependent Life. Now how many of you ever thought you'd come to church and say, I'm gonna live a dependent life? I mean (laughs) I mean we're raised, you know, I I'm from a bigger family, five kids. Jeanette's from a family of ten kids. When you have that many kids you're not preaching that message you're preaching live the independent life you know go forth and (laughs) prosper you know get your own checking account your own bank account and go on you know move on um you know i was uh my mom passed when i was eight and my stepmom when my dad remarried was a bit older and she really preached that message you know she was she had already had two fully grown kids and she's like oh my goodness i've taken on you know a nine-year-old so this is hopefully prayerfully lasts another, you know, nine years and then Peter's gone and that's actually how it worked out. So um, but you know, I think that whole idea of you know being independent, you know, really feeling like I've to rely on myself makes it hard to rely on someone else. It really makes it hard for us to understand what does it mean uh, to be totally dependent on something. Like God. How does that work? You know, doesn't God expect me To make up the difference, you know, God does so much. Peter does the rest, right? God does so much. Larry does the rest. Put your name in there. Mm -hmm. That can sometimes be how I feel. We go, oh God, I sinned today. I, uh, what's going to happen? I let you down. I failed you. You know, and it was interesting. So we'll we'll turn on my slide now. So uh, a few years ago, uh, Rick. So it's Rick and Dick Is Anybody? Is anybody not familiar with Rick and Dick? Okay, a few. So, being a Boston liver for a long period of time, the Boston Marathon's an annual event, and there was always a, a very uh, pivotal part of the Boston Marathon was Dick and Rick White. So, Dick is the father, Rick is the son. Rick is a quadriplegic with cerebral palsy. So, he was born in January of 1962, so he's about my age, you know, about our my that's my age, and when he was about 15, his dad, who had been, you know, in the Air Force, National Guard, was fairly fit, took him for a run, put him in a, you know, buggy and took him out for a run at 15, because when you're quadriplegic and you have cerebral palsy, there's really not much you're going to do for yourself. Like, there's nothing you're going to do for yourself. You're right. totally, totally dependent on somebody else. And so when when uh, Dick took him out and pushed him around and took him for a run, What Rick had to say was, "Dad, when I'm running, I don't feel handicapped." So that really impacted Dick. So by 2016, so you know however many that's a number of years later, they had run in total 1,130 endurance events. Well, really, the father had run. 1130 endurance events. Wow. But Rick didn't feel handicapped. He went along. Just think about that. So I've run nine marathons. You know, my running friends would say running. You really call that running? But (laughs) I've had a few good ones. These guys, they they completed 72 marathons. They completed 32 Boston marathons. They biked and ran across the whole United States in 1992. They've, they've completed 257 triathlons, including six full Ironmans. That's 140 miles if you're counting. With Dick swimming and Rick sitting in a boat being towed. So if you think swimming four miles is hard, imagine towing your son in a boat behind you while he did that. Incredible. You know they 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 um you know seven half Ironmans. Uh, you know just amazing rick dick died in, in 2021 in his sleep at 80 years old for the few years prior to that uh some of the team points some of the extended family had been helping uh, rick compete in the marathons and i think just last year rick decided you know what i can't i can't do uh marathons anymore because it takes me away from the place where i live the health care that i need too long so he decided at that point to retire from marathoning but he still runs races with his friends helping him and so that's my subtitle today dad when i'm running i don't feel handicapped. that's our dad that's our father who really goes not just all the way but completely all the way you know if you think about it i am not able to live the christian life period yeah when i look at my history you know if you looked at my spiritual resume before becoming a christian you wouldn't hire me would not pick me to be a Christian. Um, you know, I, I live it because, only because of the spirit of God. And when I'm living with God, when I'm walking with God, you know what? I don't feel that history. I don't feel what I brought to the table with God. You know, because, and only when, I'm totally, and make myself totally dependent on God. Let's go over in Psalm chapter 1. Let's go okay. Psalm 1. So how blessed is the one who does not follow the... Advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the assembly of scoffers. Instead, he finds pleasure in obeying the Lord's commands. He meditates on his commands day and night. He's like a tree planted by flowing streams, yields its fruit at the proper time, and and its leaves never fall off. He succeeds in everything he attempts. Interesting, right? It's I, I was thinking here, you know, it's like a tree with its own irrigation system. You know, I, that's, I think literally what this means is that it's tapped into a source <clears throat> of water that's really beyond it. You know, and and uh, as Jeanette pointed out to, to uh, actually our group on Wednesday night from the message, verse 2 says, instead you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. Wow. You chew on scripture day and night. And it doesn't say you get excited about obeying God's word, does it doesn't. What does it say... It says you find, you find pleasure in it. It's not like you're, you're checking the boxes. Okay, God, I, I did one, two, three. I didn't do four. You go, no, no. I, I just love doing it. I love thinking about it. I love getting my head into God's Word because with that, I start to connect with the power, with the heart, with the Spirit of God. You know, it says that they don't follow the advice of the wicked, they don't take the world's advice. <clears throat> They don't let the world's advice influence their behavior. Oh, bro, you shouldn't do that. Nobody expects you to do that. Oh, no, 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 no. it's your vacation. Just take your vacation. It's more important than, or, oh, no, no. Well, you can watch that video, movie, clip. It's not really that bad. You know, if you just blink your mind at the bad parts, it'll be okay. What's the world's advice? That's what the world says. And you can put whatever other worldly advice you picked up in there. And he says he doesn't, in my version, doesn't sit in the assembly of scoffers. Well, a scoffer is a mocker. Basically someone that says, you know, I, I like conflict. I reject wisdom. I don't like to be corrected. Instead, he finds pleasure in listening to God. He doesn't hang out with people and go, oh, you can't do that. You don't have to do that. Oh, don't take that from, from God. No, God wouldn't accept. God says, you know, God believes this. <clears throat> oh, really? Have you ever read the Bible? You know, have you ever spent a time just, oh, maybe read Psalm 119 and just think what God thinks about his own word. How his word really changes, impacts you, refines you. If you think about that, you'll have plenty of reasons to want to meditate on God's word, to really chew on it, to really dig into it. You know, it says, like a tree, fruit comes in its proper time. You know. The message tries to tie this to Revelation where it says it comes month by month. I don't quite see that, but the proper time that's pretty nice, you know. Yeah. We love fruit time around our house. You know, Jeanette's not here, but when it comes to the peach picking time at Chelburn orchards, <clears throat> we're not down for one picking slot, we're down for as many as she can haul me out to pick up peaches. You know, we used to know when peaches come in. There is, there's like different varietals, and there's like early, early, you know, moonshine or whatever, and then there's late, late, last in the season varietals. We have boxes from all of them, because we really love when fruit comes in season. That's really what God feels. God loves it when we're able to run, we're able to continue and complete our race. You know, Dad, when I'm running, I don't feel handicapped. You know, God, God really is near to us. I have a few other verses that you're taking notes but, um, you know, it just struck me that, you know, Deuteronomy 4, it, it talks about the idea that as they were revealing the law, they said, We have a God who we can call to anytime we want. You can call a God anytime you want. In See. fact, God has taken the time not only to, to put down <clears throat> His law, but He's given a living example in Jesus about what it means to fulfill the law. <clears throat> we have that example, we have the ability to go to the scriptures. Anytime we want. You know, Jesus prayed to God in John 17. He says, you know, God, (coughs) you gave these people to me. They listened to your word, and they belong to you. Soak that in for a minute. You belong to God. That's me. I belong to God. (coughs) I've accepted his word. I belong to him. He's my father. (coughs) You know, when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, Luke 11 and, and elsewhere, he said, our father. That's right. You know, even some scholars think in Luke, it probably doesn't even really say our father because they were taking that from the other gospel. It just says Father. You get to call God Father. Right. You know, not only get to you get not even to talk to him, you get to call him by his name. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. You have that access to the Father that will carry you so that you can run the race set out before you. <clears throat> You know, I really appreciate that Rick Hoyt wanted to run, run his race. You know, he was completely dependent on his dad. You know, am I getting that same pleasure from being completely dependent on my dad? You know, you go, oh, I wish it was so much better. I wish I was smarter, faster, wiser, more spiritual, more godly, more holy. You know, add your, add your words to it. I wish I was this. I wish it was that. I wish it was that. And God goes, oh, you're never going to get that, Peter. You might you get a little bit, get a little bit further, but you know what? The real power in this relationship is your dad. Mm -hmm. My real power in my relationship is God, who is carrying me along, who is helping me run my race. In Titus it says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. It trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age as we wait for the, I love this, happy fulfillment of our hope in the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to set us free from every kind of lawlessness and to purify for himself the people who are truly his who are eager to do good. But Titus here says that That the word, that the grace of God, trains us to reject godlessness, to both the ways and and the desires, the worldly desires. You know, for us to be self controlled, for us to have that happy fulfillment. That's really what Jesus, you know, gave himself for, and we're getting trained. Now, when you go into training, it's hard. It's really hard for this, you know. It's like. You have to push your son along, you know, and, and the son keeps on reading Triathlete Magazine, you know. <laughs> no, no, I don't really want to do an Iron Man, Rick. I <laughs> know. It's like, no, no, okay, if you want to go there, I'll go with you. Uh, I'll go with you. God says the same thing for us. God wants to go with us. but He asks us, you know, he says, Peter, I just want you to reject godless ways. I want you to put those aside. You know, when you see that, when you're tempted to do that, just see that, well, let's, God doesn't do that. <coughs> Reject it. You know, worldly desires. You know, I read someone that said that what you want divided by what, or excuse me, what you have divided by what you want equals your happiness. And I think sometimes we can add on worldly desires to what we want. There's things we shouldn't even have there that are weighing us like we Oh, I really want to do this. Well, no, you don't really want to do that. And you're feeling it, feeling the gap. Well, all my friends are doing this, all my coworkers are doing this. It's like, I guess so what? They, they don't have the God that we have. And it made me really think about, you know, when you think about how do I grow in this, how do I be more faithful to God? There's one area that come up in some of my reading, just some of the basic sin or evil in the world has to do with, you know, malice and guile. And those are like words like I got. I, think I, I always use those all the time. Malice and hell, right? So I, I would have to use a dictionary to look them up. But here's another way of thinking about it. So to be loveless really has two dimensions, simple dimensions, assaulting people. So when you go after assault and assault someone, that's when you act in a way that's against what's good for them. pretty easy, right? <clears throat> Doing something that harms somebody. And it's not just direct harm. It's like, you know, it can be indirect as well. If I, if I try and lure you in, seduce you in to do something that's wrong, then that's assaulting you. That's doing something that's not good for you. <clears throat> it's not in your well-being. You know, and and, the, and along with that is the opposite, or not opposite, but it's withdrawal. <clears throat> so withdrawal is when we regard someone else's well-being or goodness as matters of indifference to us. <clears throat> that doesn't matter. I don't care. Have I ever said that? I used to be in my vocabulary. I don't care. <clears throat> Thinking about it. that's probably one of those worldly things that I should eliminate from my vocabulary. I don't care because God cares, <clears throat> you know. So when we're when we are uh, <clears throat> withdrawing, right? we are holding ourselves back. We are not engaging. We're not participating, you know. And there's things that fall into these sort of buckets that are broader, like you know, for example, participating or being complicit with evil social structures. You know, I think we've seen a lot of that in social justice in our world. It's like, it's not enough just to not do those things, but it's, it's, you have to not support them, Mm -hmm. not agree with them, not comply with them, not encourage them. You know, and it starts off really basically in the Ten Commandments. You know, there's things you probably could quote, you know, murder is not a good thing, right? Amen. You know, adultery, not a good thing. theft not a good thing. Coveting, that's Coveting is wanting somebody else's stop, wife. And what's that all about? What's I want that um, because I don't want to do what God wants me to do? That's, so some would say that's even idolatry, wanting someone else's stop, wife, things. <clears throat> it's really just creating a different God, creating a different rule system there. But, you know, Jesus went beyond it, didn't he? Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, okay, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. I tell you, don't look lustfully after a woman. God, he said, someone says, don't murder. I tell you, don't see anything that's hateful or harmful. Mm-hmm. Jesus really took it another step. You know, Paul even carried it, you know, First Corinthians 13 about love. He really expanded on love. So there is, we have an expanded dictionary of what it means to assault someone or withdraw from them. God's helping us. God is taking his word and he's making it real in our life. And, you know, when we think about that, that's the kind of thing we have to apply to all of our relationships. You know, starting with our relationship in our family, whether it's you're married and you have a wife or a husband or you have children or you just have extended family, that's the very first place we learn to assault and withdraw. We practice it in there. We see it. And we have to avoid it and reject it and say, okay, I know this is hard, but in these relationships, I'm going to refuse to do something that's not in their best interest. I'm going to refuse to withdraw. Oh, that's hard, right? You know, I was thinking my brother called. I'm coming to see you for a week okay, you know, I I need to do that. Historically, a week's been hard, so we'll see how that goes, but I can't withdraw from that relationship because that's where God has put me. But it goes beyond that. You know, our theme this year is love God and love your neighbor. What goes even to loving your neighbor? You know, which neighbors do you like and which ones don't you like? Mm -hmm. Which ones does God like and which ones does God not like? Mm -hmm. That's the real question. God loves them all. be restful of all my neighbors. (laughs) I know some of that story, but um, you know, how about just even the people we work with or play with in sports or other things. I like these ones. I don't like these ones. Our community, whatever that extended community, I think Tom convicted me last week about because of social media, my community is much broader. I can't say I don't know what's going on in Lebanon Mm -hmm. because now I know. I can't say I don't know what's going on in ukraine or russia or wherever because i know you know, not even sometimes in the midst of all this has anybody ever lost their temper mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> you know or, or sometimes people will nice say well peter was acting out of character <laughs> 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 he normally doesn't behave that way but that was just a, an exception right <clears throat> but you know it's it's that really means the time when i choose not to follow jesus because Jesus never acted out of character. Acting out of character, sort of like handing the, you know, the ball over to somebody else, handing the joystick over to somebody else, and letting them drive me in a way that I wouldn't do if I was following Jesus. Uh, you know, it, it happened to me recently. We were, we were in uh, Paris a couple weeks ago, France. Uh, and this is not Paris, obviously, but uh, there's a famous guy, Monet. He painted stuff, you know, he's a precious painter. And so we had the fortune of not only going to the museum and seeing Claude Monet's paintings. There's a couple there. There's the uh, bridge, which I, I guess he had a racket. He painted lots of bridge, bridge pictures, and he painted lots of boats on the lily pond. And so there's a picture of our, you know, Jeanette and, and Katie and I in front of the lily pond where he painted all these pictures, and, you know, some boats. I don't think they're probably the same boats because it's been a while, it's been a hundred years, so but they are boats like sitting there on, on the left. They're actually not, it's not an impressionist painting. that's an impressionist photograph. That sort of looks the same. And so you're there like, oh, this is like inspiring, you know, and, and so we went to the gift shop and uh and we're looking around, we got a lot of stuff you can buy, and, and so I wanted to buy a couple of the prints and because of then we frame them, we'll put them up in you know one of the bedrooms. It can be like a memory of this time together, and so I bring them over to Jeanette, who's looking at some other stuff. And I say, "What do you think about these?" And she goes, eh. "I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and you know her. She's a lot friendlier than that. So if I wasn't, it wasn't quite like I, I, you know, did there? Long, and that's how I took it. So I said, fine. I'm going to put them back, and I'm done. I'm not doing it. I, mean, I just had to withdraw. So I pull back. Whatever. I'll just go. I'll sit outside." Now, she being more spiritual than me pulled me back in, and I ended up buying some, and, and she wasn't as ant about him as I had. <laughs> but, you know, it was really easy. I could really, you know, in a, in, a, in a Christian way, I lost my temper. In a Christian way, I acted out of character. In a Christian way, I decided I didn't want to be like Jesus in that moment. Mm-hmm. I could, probably, you know, maybe I'm alone. Yeah. And, and it's not just in that. We do those sorts of things, whether it's in rage, which that really was, I was mad. <clears throat> or we do it in, you know, in, in lust, you know, we say, oh, I'm just, whatever, you know, put some words around that. <clears throat> we can even do it in self-righteousness. We can go, well, those people, they just aren't following Jesus right. And we go after that. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, we step out of Jesus and we step into worldly desires. And that really is, I think, that my challenge for me is that I have to realize I can't run the race by myself. You know but I, what I can do is I continue to identify in me the things that need to be trained out and continue to not just say what? Well, that's accept- you know that's acceptable, that's normal. Everybody does that, but say no, that's not acceptable. That's not normal. That's not who I want to be or plan to be. I can plan to continue to grow and change be more and more like Jesus. Let's finish off here in 1 Peter 5. <clears throat> Above all, clothe yourselves clothe myself with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud but gives grace the humble. And God will exalt you in due time if you humble yourselves under his mighty hand by casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Be sober and alert. Your enemy, the devil, like a roaring lion, is on the prowl, looking for someone to devour. Mm-hmm. You know we need to clothe ourselves with humility mm-hmm. toward one another. Sometimes I can be after I'm being humble here. They're just being unrighteous. <laughs> and really, it's he added in for me, one another, <clears throat> in my relationships with other people. Am I really? And, and there's plenty to study out on this. You can learn about you know how it's important to consider the needs of other people, how to put them first. I mean, Jesus, Paul, Peter were very explicit on this heart that God had of really caring about someone, caring about the other person. And that's really for us as we think about our family, our kids, our spouse, our extended family. I know for sure that there's somebody for you that that's hard you're people. You're like me. There are people in my family that is really are. <clears throat> I'm supposed to, in those relationships, clothe myself with humility. And <clears throat> when I see an, an assault <clears throat> or a withdrawal happening, I go, well, oh, that's a sign. It's a sign that I'm not, because Jesus didn't do that. Jesus did not assault. <clears throat> and Jesus did not withdraw. He was humble. <clears throat> he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was there with God. You know, I'm excited, you know, about the, uh, the the summer we've got coming up, you know, to think about the future a bit. You know, I know last week when I did the welcome, I welcomed you the first day of summer, if you recall. Yeah. Uh, well, today I want to welcome you the first day of fall. It has arrived. It went really fast. This is the great, uh, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully this is, you know, precursor to better things ahead. But, you know, we've got an outdoor service plan for every, every the last Sunday of every month, I think, so the end of May end of June, and I forget what happens in July because my rate's not out that far yet, but it's an opportunity then to be able to influence our neighbors, invite them out, spend time with them, and I'm really excited about how God can help us as we grow and change to focus on him, you know, when we cast our cares on him uh, because he really does care for us, he's going to do great things, he's going to help this to be a time when we all grow stronger spiritually. But we take advantage of the fact that we really have nothing to offer God. And I just close out on that thought, Dad, when I'm running, I don't feel Mm -hmm. Um, anything.